episode 29 of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Got a great episode coming to you today, recapping the Jets' come-from-behind victory for the second time this season over the Pittsburgh Steelers to pull the 2-2. Two and two. Going to talk some adjusted expectations for the rest of the season, and of course, we'll finish things off previewing the Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins in New York. My name is Blake Pace, alongside Teddy Pristash up in Syracuse, New York. Before I talk to Teddy and say hello to him, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same with the YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Blake Andrew Pace. Make sure to check out some of my Jets-related work over at Sports Illustrated as well. Teddy, how we doing? What up? Doing good, man. Fucking victory. What's today? Thursday for the listeners. Victory yep. Wednesday. Um, nah, man, I'm doing great. I uh, had a little bit of a rough day. If uh, if you are watching on YouTube, which I know not a ton of people are, so if you are listening, maybe just go click a link, get us a view over there. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little higher up today, and that's because I broke my chair today just sitting in it, uh, which I seem to have a problem with doing. I break a lot <laughs> of chairs that I'm just sitting in, um, and I like to think I'm not the fattest dude ever, but... I break a lot of chairs. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, saying saying yeah, a lot of chairs that. is saying a lot of yeah. chairs is different than just like a chair. No, no, yeah, it's like a, I know what your problem is though. What's my problem? You're, you're so fidgety. It's the leaning back. I you always yeah, do it. You're no, always leaning facts. back in a chair, so you're always just like getting it ready to bend and break. You're you're just always moving. yeah. Uh, that's me. I uh, I'm trying to think if it was Robert Sala or some other coach um what team is Gunnar Oshevsky on these days uh he was recently on the Patriots but I believe he moved over to the oh is it the Eagles or the oh no 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 the Steelers the Steelers and he's had two fumbles and Mike Tomlin uh he said he said you know two is a two is like a habit or two is a a trend in this league or whatever and so for me it's like once you broke like eight chairs you know that's like a trend you're, like, the, cha- you're the chair breaker <laughs> there's one variable that's constant there and it's me oh <laughs> uh, well Te- if you're also watching you can see teddy up a little bit higher you will also see me wearing some jets gear for the first time i oh, uh, yeah went to nflshop.com bought myself a nice sweatshirt i got a hat as well too so you'll see me probably rotate those for every episode because i don't plan on getting anything more than that um, yeah, well, now that Blake's Colts are one and three, one and two and one, whatever they are, he's got to be a Jets fan with us, us winners over yeah. here at 500, about, two and two. A, about to beat the Denver Broncos, though, on Thursday night football without Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, get ready for it. Going to be a real fun show. Yeah, the Colts are miserable. Um, yeah. We don't need to talk about them, though. We're here to talk about the New York football Jets, Teddy. Two and two. Let's talk yes. about that Steelers game. Uh, you know, come from behind win Zach Wilson's first game back. Um, I wasn't able to watch it live. I work on Sundays, which is, is not fun. Yeah. You got to stop doing that. I am. I am. Uh, I'm leaving early this Sunday. I've got enough staff in there. I'm going to leave at 1130. I'm going to go to the, uh, the Friday beers or almost Friday bar that just opened up in Nashville. And I'm going to watch some football Hmm. there. So that's how I'm going to spend my Sunday finally. Uh, but Teddy, you watched the game Sunday. I watched it on Monday, uh, the condensed version on uh, the NFL, whatever they give us these days. Uh, talk us through just general impressions on the game. We'll obviously get into the offense, the defense, Zach, different uh, players and themes of the game, but just just general thoughts on, uh, you know, a great come from behind victory. No, yeah, it, it was awesome to see. Um, obviously, the Jets 
in no means are like this world beater of a team, but now we have two games under our belt where we were kind of able to just do what we had to do to get the win. Um, and, you know, I said it last week, this Steelers team, sure. They have a good defense. They have, a, a you know, Mike Tomlin as a, as a longtime coach, but, but if, if the jets were going to come close to the higher expectations that we had for them this year, you know, this was kind of like a benchmark game to me where you really want to see them come away with a win. Um, and they did it, you know, and it wasn't always pretty. Um, I liked the fact that they came out hot and then were facing some adversity. Um, and, you know, about halfway through the third quarter when we were down uh, two touchdowns, I, I, I put out a tweet and I was just like, hey, this is where we're really going to learn, get get some type of glimpse into who Zach Wilson is, you know, and and. I thought that was awesome, not just for Zach Wilson, but for the team that that, you know, in, in Jets games past, this might have been one where once we were down two scores, we kind of lay down, you know, a couple three and outs at bad opportune times. And then we're, you know, scrambling to get it within one possession late in the game. Instead, we were able to put together a few drives, get some takeaways. You know, I thought the defense stepped up in a big way. I thought they, you know, all the people screaming for all bricks head can kind of relax. Um, you know, wasn't perfect, but overall I thought it was a really, really good game, really good step. And it's just kind of that, you know, it's a stepping stone in the right direction of, you know, we were talking seven, eight wins this year. You know, these are the kind of games where if they're actually going to take that step to, you know, an around 500 team, these are the ones they got to win and they did it. Yeah. I think it, it, it means something to win ugly. You know, it, there was not the, the Jets, like you said, it was not perfect. It was not pretty. There's still a lot to clean up for this team moving forward. And on the flip side, the Steelers, you know, God, it, it looked rough. Uh, shout out to you for your prediction. Um, you know, we, we talked about it beforehand, but Teddy predicted on last week's episode that we were going to see Kenny Pickett. And of course, they make the move there. Um, and I jokingly said, and don't kill me Jets fans, but I was like, yeah, if you look that miserable against the Jets for a half, it'll make any head coach want to make a switch at quarterback there. So it's not a bad point because it really, it does seem like a theme, at least in my head that, that these, these rookie quarterbacks are always getting their first start or first game action halfway through the Jets game. Yeah. But needless to say a, a gritty win, um, you know, there are some things, look, every, every game that you win, you're going to catch lucky breaks. And, you know, Kenny Pickett throwing that, I believe second of his three interceptions deep in his own territory where a first down probably would have iced things out there um, toward the end. That obviously plays a, a huge role in, in the jets being able to get the ball back quickly um, and, and go ahead and get that um, score to bring it to a one possession game. So there, there are always going to be fluky plays that go your way. That's just football, but being able to win those games and, and kind of teach a young team, a team that is figuring itself out um, that, that means something. And to, like you said, to be in October here, and I know the game was played on October 2nd, but to be sitting in October and saying, we're a 500 football team. We're not too far out of the division lead. We are in the mix with a bunch of other teams at this point in the season. It gives hope, and it's not like, a, oh, we're sitting at 0-4 in September, and now we have to climb out of this hole to try and get closer to the playoffs there. So um, it was not pretty. There were parts of the game that I thought looked uh, uh, promising, um, but needless to say, a, a win is a win, and you can't take those for granted in the NFL. So to hats off to the Jets for being, uh, being able to pull out these wins against Cleveland and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Definitely. And I mean, it was, it was our boy Zach's first game back. Um, our quarterback, our savior, you know, yeah. or at least the hope savior. 
and and our boy gets to walk out one and zero, which obviously that's the number one goal that that we all had and that he had going into the game. Um, I, I would love to hear, you know, obviously got off to a fast start, played pretty well at the end, kind of rough in the middle. Yeah. Um, what, what, what were your takeaways from that? Do, do, how do you think he played um, overall and kind of to your expectations above, below? I would almost say a little bit above expectations just because I, I think we saw a lot of the same Zach that we saw last year in terms of the, the bad um, you know, um, there were a couple of throws behind receivers. There was one behind Conklin that I think was tipped into that interception or no, he, he rifled the ball off Conklin's hand and it got picked off. So whether you want to say Conklin needs to haul that in or whatnot, but there are those throws where he's throwing guys behind. I say Conklin's fault. He is, um, still, you know, there are times where, you know, just a, a quarterback coming back from an injury. It's like, can we please get rid of the ball? Um, you know, can we throw it away? Can we avoid injuries? You know, when we throw a ball out of bounds, I would love to see, you know, it actually go out of bounds and not Minka Fitzpatrick have like a chance at getting an interception there. And we're just nitpicking here, but there's still things that dangerous plays with the football that would still worry me. But what I will say on the opposite side of that, his strengths, his the stuff that we saw that was good seemed more confident and more precise um, than it did a year ago. It seemed um, a lot of times he would second guess his throwing motion or, you know, where he was throwing the football. And there were a lot of decisive, clean, crisp throws. I think a lot of third down plays to Corey Davis. Um, just looking through the rest of these here. Good third and se- uh, sixth zip on this, the second to last drive. So I believe it was the scoring drive. Yeah. To, um, but a great third and six one to Garrett Wilson, then followed that up with a great fourth and seven to Corey Davis. Um, but we'll talk about him in a second, man. Corey Davis, like, again, you know, we talked about it last week, just reliable, just a reliable yeah. guy there as a third wide receiver. It's fantastic to see. Um, let's see. Uh, I liked the connection we started to see from Conklin. I know we were just talking about that one, the, the tipped pick, but it seemed like they have a good connection there and, and really feeding that, that new tight end there. So, you know, it was the first chance that we got to see Zach Wilson with all these upgrades that, you know, we were watching Joe Flacco throw to in the first three weeks um, promising. And it shows you the, the necessity to build around a quarterback and to give him playmakers. It doesn't need to be a quarterback is doing everything for his offense. It needs to be, you know, the the receivers just need to catch a slant and take it, or, you know, you get the ball to the running backs and let them do their work. Uh, All in all, I liked what I saw from Zach. I still think there are obviously things that he needs to um, still work out. One of the dumbest things I made a note of it on here, and it's just, it's one of the funniest things I've never seen him just, complete an easy pass to a running back in the flat. It either goes above their head or he throws it off target. It's just one of those. I don't know if it's the angle that messes up with him or whatnot, but it was something that I saw at least twice a game last year when doing. Kind oh of like yeah. A film All review the time of last year. And, and there was one, um, it was on his last, it was on the second to last drive as well too, where he, he missed one of the running backs in the flat. But anyways, what I wanted to say with, without, a great situation at tackle, you know, the offensive line is extremely banged up. Like we've mentioned, I think some of the guys actually played all right this past week. Um, and despite being his first game back, I, I, I liked what we saw from Zach. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I, I, I thought it was awesome. Um, definitely some, you know, little things inaccuracies and things like that, but, but in my opinion, overall, most to me, it was like a great first showing because, um, you know, the things I wanted to see from Zach, I wanted to see more improved accuracy on those kind of easy throws, um, not 
not throwing off his back feet and, and kind of stepping into throws, hanging in the pocket, getting the ball out quick. And to me, those were like the main things that he didn't do last year, kind of the, the things you're alluding to, but all those just looked worlds better. Like even, you know, you say he missed a, a throw in the flat overall, he wasn't just like missing guys. Um, wow. He wasn't, he wasn't throwing off his back foot. He wasn't um, really putting the ball into danger. You know, he had a few, he had that interception. Um, did he have two interceptions? Maybe. I think there was two. Yeah. And you know, Shit happens. That's oh, fine. One but... of them, just the other pick, because there was the one that was off of Conklin's hands. There was one where he, I'm watching the play, and I'm like, where is that? He had so much time in the pocket, and he, he threw it into triple coverage. And right. one of the guys just kind of, kind of. That that was probably it. his worst, worst play of the game, at least just off my memory. Um, but, you know, the other interception, you know, maybe he threw it too hard, but it's just a drop at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought he looked really good. I really did. I mean, you know, not perfect, but in terms of just the growth and the things that we wanted to see him improve, I think he he took that step in the right direction. Um, and the main thing for me was just staying sticking around in the pocket, um, you know, making quick, decisive throws. It felt like all game we were behind the sticks, you know, first and 20, second and long, third and long. But somehow, some way we've just been able to kind of convert these. And that's kind of been somewhat of a theme throughout the year. Um, which has been awesome to see. And you hope that we can stop those mistakes and, and kind of bad plays on first down. Um, but yeah, I it was great to see him back out there. I thought he did well. And I think the number one thing is kind of what I alluded to earlier, just when the game really mattered, when it was, you have to go out there and make something happen. Now he really stepped up and did that um, made decisive throws was getting completions, getting first downs. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was happy to see it. You know, I was, I was ready for this to be another horrible game where we leave and we're like, well, we got to hope he does better next week. Um, oh, main thing too. How many times were you like, if Joe Flacco was in there, he would have been sacked. Like, oh, like yeah. how many Easily. times, you know? Um, so just to be able to see, I think we gave up one sack the whole game um, to be able to see that kind of flip where even though we have the weak offensive line um, and the, the kind of shifting starters, we at least still had Zach being able to get out of trouble. I mean, he had a couple crazy plays where, you do want him to get rid of the ball, but just the fact <laughs> he was one. able to, yeah, yeah the, I know exactly shit. which we, one we you're thinking of. We know the exact same play. I and wrote, somehow I wrote, he got it out of bounds, right? It was an incomplete pass. Exactly. I wrote, man, Zach Wilson can dance. No wonder moms love him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see Giselle liked his, uh, liked oh, his post doing, doing like oh. the gritty or something? Oh, yeah. Right. Drama. Oh, um, no. But yeah, no, from Zach Wilson, I thought, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, I think one of the things in a way, it's not like I yeah, just it's not awesome like I thought in the, it was like the best awesome in the sense right. of <laughs> based off of how bad it could have looked and how bad it sometimes did look in his rookie season. It was awesome to see coming off an injury, maybe not being totally comfortable with a lot of new pieces, not really having a preseason and kind of just shuffling into what this team has been over the last three weeks. Awesome to see that it just it wasn't gonna take a step back. What we wanted to see is when you move from the backup quarterback to the starter, does the offense at least look a right. little bit better or at the very least the same? So it was awesome to see that they did not take a step back with their starting quarterback. Um, one other thing just with Zach too, and, and I think, it, you know, I alluded to it earlier with the playmakers there, you know, trust and confidence in, in terms of Zach was where a lot of the, I think the timing and mechanics things would get roughed up in his rookie season. And it it's not even, 
and for this year where what I saw in this past week, it's also just trusting confidence in your receivers. And I think being able to sit back and watch this offense, you know, in the Cleveland game, kind of get things moving at the end there and seeing Garrett Wilson and how electric he is and seeing how you can rely on Tyler Conklin as a, as a safety valve there and what the running backs can do with the ball in their hands, having trust in the playmakers around you, you can make some tighter throws. And there were some zips, like I said, on these third down throws to Corey, um, or, or, you know, that Zach Wilson zip on the third and six to Wilson, um, who made a, a great move after the catch. It's understanding, like, I've got guys that can help me out here. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that they were totally absent last year because Elijah was still there and Corey Davis was there as well, too. And same with Michael Carter. But just with the full room now, you can tell that there is a confidence like I don't need to do everything by myself. I've got a, a wide array of weapons around me. Definitely. And, and just to touch on it again, I think that the number one thing I was impressed with was, you know, third down, fourth down when you really needed it. And the fourth quarter, that's when he really did play his best. Um, mm -hmm. And to me, you know, that's, that's the biggest sign of, of this is a dude, you know, so yeah. this, hopefully... is, this is the year to figure out what they got. And, and there's nothing that we can take away from this first game against the Steelers and say, he's not the dude. That's sure. what this year is about. Game by game, can we continue to say this guy has the potential to be the franchise quarterback? And based off what we saw in Pittsburgh, there's no reason for me to not think that. Yeah, um, even behind a hodgepodge offensive line. And speaking of that hodgepodge offensive line, great transition there, Teddy, the king of transitions. Thanks, I, buddy. Elijah Vera Tucker, I just want to give him a shout-out real quick. Moves over to left tackle, gave up one pressure on the entire day, which I believe is the lowest amount they've had all season out of the left tackle position. Um Man, you know, and the, and the players talk about it after, you know, when you've got great blue chip players there, I know people talk about the importance of a guard versus tackle versus other premier positions, but you see a guy like that can slide over to left tackle tackle has been a problem for them. Fant was not what they wanted. And, you know, they were rolling into the season, hoping it was going to be, you know, Dwayne Brown. It, well, at first it was going to be Fant and then it was Dwayne Brown and then it was Fant again. And then you slide over Elijah Vera Tucker. And it's like, when you have good players, um, sometimes you just have to make moves like that. You know, I get furious with the Colts because they Quentin Nelson has never not played left guard and our left tackle position is the worst in football right now. And it's like, we have one of the best offensive linemen in general in football, just slide him one position over anyways, AVT moves around to his third position already in his first 20 games. He's one of four offensive linemen to ever do that since I think you could start tracking that uh, and the, the first to do it since 2004 um, so what did you think of ABT at left tackle? What do you think of him as kind of a player here? Because it's just like, you know, it, it those are one of those guys where it's like I, people were, and I have friends who chirp, so I don't know if it's talked about more than just my friends who chirp, but one of their biggest gripes was, oh, Joe Douglas traded up and took a guard and oh, Christian Derrissaw went the pick after him and he's been great for the Vikings this season. It's like, Hey, maybe just having good players on the team is good. No. Yeah. I don't even want to get into that. My brother was the same way and it's, oh, it's just like so yeah. dumb. AVT was the clear, you know, most pro ready guy and we got him and it's worked out. Um, no, he did awesome props to him props to AVT for, for just being cool with that, you know, moving to the left, doing what he needs to do for the team. Um, more than anything, I think th this was a, a, just a real like pro when you're looking or like a positive for this coaching staff. And just in evaluating them, um, first off, obviously, <laughs> doing anything you can to not have a, a Connor McDermott, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as your right, 
as your right tackle. Smart. So, so I thought that was a good move. I like that they moved Lakin over to left guard just to say like, Hey, we're going to put, even though Lakin hasn't. Lakin was at left guard. Lakin had been, he started the season at left guard. Are okay. you getting your sides mixed up? You're because you said McDermott at right tackle. You you don't want him at left tackle because he ended up filling in at right tackle there. You get me. You get me. Okay. Um, left and rights are hard. Whatever. <laughs> the, the point is, I like that they just said like, hey, instead of having, instead of having this like question mark where like someone's gonna come in and play left tackle, we're gonna have um a guy we trust, a guy who's done it in college, has shown he can play tackle, um to move over there. I like the, the the fact that this wasn't just like a, hey, you know, AVT, a lot of shit's gone down. We really need you to just kind of jump in. That You know, Robert Salas said that, that yeah. they talked about it a few weeks ago. He's been getting extra work in off to the left. Um, it's not like he's been taking practice reps with it, but but he was just kind of working on left tackle, trying to get that down in case something came up. Um, and just that like preparedness, I think is huge for him to come out and perform the way he did. Um, it, it was just through the first three games, the biggest weakness was the left tackle position and whether that was um, due to the fact that, that there, we were going up against good defensive ends, you know, whether the fact that Joe, Joe Flacco couldn't run around the fact of the matter was that was the clear weakness on offense when we were able to move the ball it seemed like when things would start to get going, we would get a sack or a sack fumble from that side. Um, so the fact that the the coaching staff just adjusted, put their best player there, had a plan in place a couple weeks before they needed it, a plus one, a plus for them on that. Being able to scout yourself is is almost as important as it is to to scout your opponents coming up, and and yeah, realizing that and being able to make the decisions. And I, you look at the end of the day, you know. Could Joe Douglas have done more to address the depth at the tackle position? Sure. You also don't expect to lose three and then four of your tackles. I mean, no, I don't think. I think the answer is no, honestly. Oh, you can. Oh, you definitely you re-sign can. You re-signed George Fant. You, you, you have Mackay you back. Could have, you could have. You have. You, all you did, all you did was draft a fourth round tackle and re-sign your other one. You were praying that Becton was coming back. You can always address, you need to address depth at the offensive line. Almost I get, I think when they brought in Dwayne Brown, that was the best move they could have made. And then, yeah, I'm saying know, the they, they don't expect to lose. No, sure. But it's the like the, the best tackle they could have brought in was Dwayne Brown. All, all those as a, other as a guys starter, but I'm saying there are depth guys every year that you can go in, you know, the, the bills in 2018. And I I'm just, I'm coming hot on this. Cause I read a piece about it the other day, but the bills in 2018 off season, moving into the 2019 one, it's a mixture of signing these mid-level free agents and the draft picks. And they turned their offensive line over in, in about a year that made things work. So I just, there's always those depth guys. And I, I think when we look at, and we are fearful of McDermott because we've seen McDermott, there are guys that you can bring in at the pay level of it, of, McDermott that that give you I guess at least something different to try out because if you know that the answer isn't on your team you can always go try finding it elsewhere I do understand what you mean but like when you're on guy five you know no, guy this, six you, you don't like, plan what, for this situation yeah, yeah you don't plan you can't plan for losing your top four I'm just saying you could have addressed like I, I that was one of my biggest gripes coming into the season was that I just there wasn't enough depth at the tackle position Obviously, no one has enough depth to overcome all of these injuries, but um, yeah, and, that's and, been know, probably the the most unfortunate part about this Jets season so far is this offensive line. Um, 
I guess we'll see how it keeps going. I mean, what Coach Sala wasn't uh, wasn't committed to anything, you know. When they asked him, he said he's going to save it for the game again. Obviously, doesn't want to tip anything off. But would you just expect kind of this line to come out again? Game. AVT at left. Um, Dwayne Brown is back at, at practice today, um, and you know, Coach Sala, he's not ruling him out. I I, I can't imagine he would play after you know, whatever, it's been a month since he's practiced, a month since he's been out there, since early August. Um, yeah, considering age, considering injury, considering the fact that, like, I don't know, if, if you're if – How you're old the is Jets he, 38, still, 37? Yeah, 37. I just – I can't see him getting out there personally. No, I would – you have to ease players at that age back in there, um, even with how random his injury ended up being and just completely out of nowhere. I Yeah, I would I would just run the same thing. I would run the same starting five. Obviously, you lose Mitchell now, so you have to have, you know, your other guy oh. out there at right tackle. Was that a bad reminder for you? Yeah, <laughs> hey, at least yeah we might as well talk season. about it. Yeah, we might as well talk about it. But, but yeah, he uh, – do, do you know the, the injury? Yeah, the only news I it's saw was that he's just not out for the season. A knee injury. Let me see the specifics for it. it I only thought for sure he was going to be done. Yeah, I mean, it it looked rough when it happened, and you obviously, anytime you see a cart come out for a player, like shit, mm -hmm. what is it? But not season ending to miss several weeks. Dislocated his knee is what it is officially. Ooh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So you know that that stinks. He he was doing all right, especially for a rookie. Hey. He was getting a lot of uh, got yeah. getting a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Experience under his belt. Um, doing okay, especially in the past game. Um, obviously, could get better run game wise, but I don't know. Do you? It sucks, but it's not like he was like a world beater out there. So, so you know, it's not like it'll be a huge step down. I guess I do now. Yeah. Connor Dermott's back out there. That kind of <laughs> yeah, sucks. He is. He, is out there. <laughs> he is out there, but at least he's at right tackle there. Yeah, with with Mitchell, I look I. Out of a fourth round tackle that was projected to be a long term play to be starting out there for three weeks, and he wasn't dog shit at the end of the mm -hmm. day. I think that is a positive. So, yeah, it was great for him to get that experience. It's awful that he's down. And, and like you said, you know, when when the time comes that he's back, is is he he's not a starter anymore by the time Dwayne Brown is back and Fant moves over to right tackle again? You know, it, those were his starts there essentially. Um, but yeah, I think I think what we saw out of him was promising enough is down the road is like a, you would love for him to be a future tackle if he can fit out there as a starter. But at the very least, one of the stronger reserves, I think, because, you know, he's going to continue to build up those things where really it was his size and athleticism and just strength that he needed to improve on. And that's what you're going to do in the NFL. So I, I liked what we saw out of him. But, yeah, it, it's it's an unfortunate situation for the offensive line. Definitely. Um, anything else, anything else, Teddy, with the offense before we switch things over to the defensive side of things? Um, not really. I, I think overall the, the receivers had a good game, you know, like you said, Corey Davis, he kind of showed up when he needed to, I think four of his five catches were on that second to last drive that he scored on. Um, mm -hmm. and Garrett, Elijah Moore was kind of it, it kind of took that shift where it did seem like Elijah Moore was the the clear number one, um, you know, and a lot of that can probably be just attributed to the timing that's been there with him and Zach Wilson, the trust he has. Um, do definitely want to see Garrett Wilson getting those targets. Hopefully that comes as they play a few mm -hmm. games together because um, he had a quieter game. But I, I thought the offense did what they had to do. I thought overall 
you know, they looked good. This is a Jets team that's proved they're going to be able to score some points. Um, it, it's really just got to get better on first downs. Uh, and, you know, still w- what was still happening in this game was they were still doing things that were shooting them in the foot. They were Dumb still penalties. getting penalties. They were still Second getting kind of big plays taken away. Yeah. And so to see them be able to overcome that was awesome. Um, but, you know, we've seen time and time again where the Jets just kind of mistake their way out of a game where, oh, that maybe they could have been in this game, but there was just too many mistakes, too many mental errors, and, and they couldn't really get there. Um, that needs to go away. That needs to continue improving. But the fact that they were able to overcome that was a good sign. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, flipping things over, Teddy. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I want to start this off here. So how bad did you realize, like at what point did you realize how bad the Pittsburgh offense like actually is? And, and obviously I think they got a little bit of a boost when Kenny Pickett came in, but man, it, 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 they look just in terms of any, it, not even the, the run game is weak. The receivers are good. The passing offense, the offensive line. I just, I was, I didn't realize that they were going to be that shaky offensively, even though I know for the first three weeks, they didn't show a ton of pop. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, going back uh, to when we did our like season preview, I think you, you've been higher on the Steelers than I I was. I was a Mitch. I was a Mitch guy and I was so wrong. Absolutely. No expectations for them. I kind of knew they were bad and that's why I thought this was such a winnable game. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't think Mitch was like terrible, but he just like, doesn't do anything that like, like he doesn't throw deep. He doesn't like take chances. Like all he does is like check it down. Um, and you know, we talked about it. Like, again, there was no reason this jets defense shouldn't have come out and shown that they could shut down a, a Steelers offense like this. Um, and sure they ended up giving up 24 points, but you know, one of those is on an offensive turnover that gets returned to like the two and they let up a touchdown. Um, you know, then there's the Kenny Pickett drive, which, you know, that's what kind of happens when, when the team gets momentum like that, you know, guy comes in and gives you a spark. He was running the ball. Um, overall, I thought the defense played really well. I thought we did what we were supposed to against a team like this. Um, and I think it all started with, with, um, the offensive line or the defensive line and the ability yep. to stop the run. Cause that's how this Steelers team tries to succeed is like running the ball a hundred times. Um, and just our defensive line just doesn't allow it. No, they don't. And, and those guys in the middle, man, I, I have it on a note here. Like Quinnen. Quinnen is looking like not only just like a rebel, like this is the, his breakout season, but he, he does look legitimately like one of the best defensive tackles in football. And I've got a piece that I'm working on. Hopefully it will be out later this week. I think he's on the rise toward like an all pro type season out of the defensive tackle position. I mean, it, it's not even just his ability in the run game, but he's also just a, been fantastic getting to the quarterback as well too. Um, and, and to step things back to the defensive line as a whole, we were seeing them get pressure with four we were seeing them also get pressure with three at times and it's just one of those things where like 
I, I don't know at the end of the day how bad the Pittsburgh offensive line is and what maybe this is a step forward for the Jets defensive line. But what I was seeing was a team that was able to sit back in their zone coverage and, and make the quarterback uncomfortable with their, their four edge rushers. They were great, you know, getting to the quarterback, not just pressures. There were sacks, bringing the quarterbacks down. Um, what, did, what did you think about those, those guys pass rushing on, on the defensive line? No. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. I love that you, you are kind of giving Quinn and his flowers because he, he has just been phenomenal the whole year. And I mean, we've talked about this D line and how it's not been good enough, but Quinnen has most certainly been good enough. And what I really loved about this game was not only was he just being a menace in the run game and, and it really is, you know, all those things that, that we've all been bitching about Quinnen for where it's like, we want to see those blow up plays. We want to see, you know, really changing the way that a game is, is, is going for the jets. That is what he's been doing. And that's especially what he did this week. Um, and his ability to, to, you know, get in the mix on some pass rushes, you know, I think, I don't know if he had a sack um, or was just in on a couple, but you know, he had an awesome game. I think Carl Lawson, um, you know, is starting to look better. I think this was his best game he's played. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I saw a stat where he's like number like three and like QB hits or something like that, which I was honestly surprised to see because um, I, I didn't, don't think he really was having that great of a season. But but oh. the past two games, especially he's been getting better um, and was in on a bunch of stuff this week. Um I thought the D line played awesome. I thought the defense as a whole played awesome. Um, and, and, you know, if you don't have anything else on the D line, I do just want to kind of shout out these safeties. Um, Cause we've talked a lot about these two safeties, um, especially LaMarcus Joyner and just kind of the lack of trust there coming off his injury. Hasn't played in over a year. Um, hasn't really looked great on the field. And then you got a guy like Jordan Whitehead who, who we both loved coming in, but, hasn't really seemed to be fitting the role exactly well. You know, he's more of a run stopper, been getting kind of busted in coverage, but he really has. Um, I mean, they all stepped up. What the safeties had three interceptions between the two of them, um, yeah. making plays when they needed to, were covering the guys they needed to. Um, it, it was just an awesome game from the defense, in my opinion. I thought they really, really balled out. Yeah, as a whole, it was great. Um you know, and, and even we had the three interceptions. Whitehead had a, a an earlier one just a few plays before that got taken away. So it could have been almost four picks for the two safeties, which is hilarious. Um, my my biggest, I mean, Lamarcus Joyner was was everywhere. He looked great. Uh, uh, third and one stop, kind of the I believe it was in the second half. It might have been early second half, but a third and one stop where he just kind of ran around the offensive line and grabbed, I, it, I'm assuming it was Najee and just pulled him back to make the stop there. So yeah, it was, it was great to see these guys. Now, obviously there are still their, their problems, missed tackles. There were still a few plays there where you're like, Hey, can we just fucking wrap up for once? But no, as a whole, it seems like, like we were saying, you know, one hand washes the other. If you're going to buy if you're going to make the quarterback have to to get rid of the ball early because you're getting pressure with four, these DBs, and, and we haven't even talked about the corners yet. We're just talking about the safeties here. The corners are fucking fantastic. DJ Reed and Sauce are just they're – they're a fantastic duo so far this yeah. year. You know, we're seeing, seeing stats where they're like a top three or four duo in the league right now. Um, but it's like you're seeing the defense come together as a whole. And if this is the breakout party, when we see it, I'm really excited to see where it can go the rest of the way, because there are still pieces that I think can improve upon. 
Um, and guys that are going to continue to get better as the year went on. I thought Marcel Harris did a good job coming up in place uh, for Quincy Williams um, there at linebacker. Mm-hmm. I thought what we see, he had a few nice plays there as well too. Jermaine Johnson getting a sack as well. So there, there are parts of this defense that you would expect as the year goes along to continue to get better. And this was one of those games where I just, every level of the defense, I came away being like, hey, I, I know the Pittsburgh offense is shit but I had a lot of qualms through the first three weeks of the season and I couldn't walk away with too many uh, in this game against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I think, you know, going into the season, we kind of expected the the Jets defense to be pretty good. Um, and, you know, I, I personally think they look pretty good in the, uh, the Ravens game, despite the way the score ended up, but mm-hmm. really just not a great year from them so far. And to be able to see this kind of bounce back again, something, all the things that we said we were looking for from the Jets last week, they kind of did show up. Like the things you were asking for Zach Wilson, um, the defense stepping up, the defensive line being better, the safeties being better. Um, I, I, I just, it, it was really good to see kind of everything come together for them and to kind of beat up on, on an offense that frankly they were better than. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick had that quote, I think. I think it was Minka saying like, it stinks when you go out there and you lose to a bunch of guys, you know, you're better than, um, I don't really know if that's true. I, I, I don't know if the the Steelers have a, a more talented team than the jets, you know, yeah. probably overall, but, but I don't know. And they're missing and they're missing guys. They're, they're pretty banged up right now. Obviously no TJ Watt. That's, you know, you're losing one of the best players in all of football. So I, I, I get where he's coming from, but I think he's also just TJ Watt wasn't out off. there. <laughs> so like, you but, know what I mean? Like he wasn't out there. Yeah, is what I'm saying exactly. So, yeah, right. So I'm I'm just saying I think he's I think he's using when he says something like that he's using I guess maybe his his thought of the peak Steelers and maybe he's thinking of the past Jets. But like we said, this was a big off season for the Jets and this was taking the step forward. So I think as we go along with the year and if this team continues to stay competitive, I think we're going to start to see a little bit of a tone change when it comes to teams that are taking on the Jets here. Um, I, I really, you know, I, I don't have a ton else on the defense here. Um, I thought in the second half, kind of as the game went on, they got a little bit sloppy on the defensive line and not, you know, keeping the quarterback in the pocket, but it tightened up at the end. They were able to force some turnovers. And like I said, all phases of the defense look strong to me. They're fucking fast, man. They're a fast yep. athletic defense. And um, the sideline to sideline speed, I talk about it every week. It's just, it's tough when you're, when you're an offense and if Quinnen and Rankins are stuffing up the middle, you're like, okay, well, we got to try running the ball to the outside, but these linebackers are just popping down and LaMarcus and, 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 um, and, and Jordan Whitehead are making plays there too. It's, that's a tough defense to defend. If you got big fuckers in the middle and you got speed on the outside, that's, it's tough to establish a run game. Like you said, Pittsburgh wanting to be that run type defense. So I think that that played a a huge role for the Jets uh, being able to halt you know, or stall this defense for the majority or this offense for the majority of the game. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I, for me to wrap up this game, the fact that the jets are here sitting at two and two through four games, um, it's just awesome. You know, like however the, the rest of the season goes, that's such a, such a building block of, you know, we're not own four, you know? So, so how many games are left? 13, 13, you win X amount of game, 13. you were able to steal two and get two wins early in the season. Um, I, I just, I, I'm so excited for this Jets team because this is really all those things we've been talking about all off season. 
this is something we have not seen. We haven't seen a, a Jets team getting wins in September. Um, obviously, you know, the challenges are going to continue. You know, we got tough part of the schedule. We got division games that we got to win. There's a lot for this team still to do, but very easily this team could have been 0-4. We're sitting here at 2-2. Two and two. I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. It, those are the games, like you said, you said it earlier in this episode, if we're, if we're going to be a team that's hitting the higher part of their expectations, seven, eight wins, whatnot, those are the, you need to get these wins against these teams that you think you can be better than, I mean, and winning ugly ones, because you're going to have half your games end up being ugly games. It's just, are you on the right side of it at the end of the day? Um, and Teddy, you transitioned into a great one. You know, there were some news injury updates that we we talked about already with Max Mitchell and Dwayne Brown. The only other one is, is Zach was limited in practice um, Wednesday when this is being recorded with an ankle injury. Doesn't seem like there's much to it. I don't, uh, there's, he'll be out there Sunday. I would be surprised if he's not. No, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. I, it was him and Brees, one other guy, I think that, that they, Sal said was nicks and bruises. Um, kept him out of practice today. You know, it's Wednesday. That's the day they do it. He'll be out yep. there. Yep, exactly. So moving in then, Teddy, to as we kind of look toward the remaining portions of the season, this is the first game we've gotten to see, you know, the for the most part, what this Jets team is going to look like. The big piece missing was Zach Wilson. Obviously, there are pieces along the offensive line that we're not getting, but we're sitting here and we got to see the first version of the 2022 NFL Jets um, as as they were, I guess, assumed to be before you know Zach Wilson was out with his injury so you know as we take a look through the rest of the season here obviously we've got a stretch of games coming up uh, we've got Miami that we'll preview in a little bit expectations for this team where do you sit at you know we talk about getting through September two and two but now how are they going to carry that through October and November yeah for me the expectations that we had going into this season you know especially um, for a guy like me who was relatively high you know not super high but I, I think I had them winning eight games when we gave our predictions um I don't think the expectations for that Jets team that we were projecting has changed at all I think what what has really happened and I kind of just spoke on it is just like now the expectations are very real and all that means is the Jets have at least showed through four games that you know we're not the absolute bottom of the league we're not completely inept on offense you know we're not completely just letting offenses do whatever they want to us on defense and when we're in a hole um we've been we've shown that we're able to fight out of it and these guys truly are going to play all 60 minutes throughout the game as hard as they can trying to win um so for me i don't think expectations have really changed overall for this team i think it's more just like we got to see some success. So now we know they're capable of success and now it's like, okay, can they continue it? Can they keep doing what we, you know, projected them to do in a, in a good to best case scenario? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much going to be on the same with you. It's, they haven't changed. I like they say they're real now because you're right. We've made it through a month this season and they're not Owen four and the season's not over. Um, you know, if you had told me they would get through the first month at two and two, I would have told you they would have beaten the Steelers and the Browns. I thought that they were probably going to lose an ugly one of the Steelers. They came up on the opposite side of it. So they're sitting here at 500 and it's not like one in three. It's like, oh, now the, the world is falling. Um, you know, they still had a, a good. Though. Definitely, definitely. You know, uh, even fucking one, two and one when your losses are the Texans, Jaguars, and, or you tie with the Texans, but you lose to the Jags and tight. Uh, that tie Texans. is low key huge. Like that, that could be big. Ball. 
kind dude, of it's so funny how we just sprinkle in cold stock. I yeah, love a little that. bit of sprinkle, a little, little yeah. bit of sprinkle in there. I appreciate it. Um, no, the, the, the expectations haven't changed. It's, it's, you know, like I said, I, I wasn't necessarily negative. I said, this team was going to look better. I just didn't know if it was going to translate to wins. I said at the beginning of the season, I thought it was a six and 11 football team, but a good one, a one that was going to be competitive for the majority of their games. And, you know, Baltimore was competitive for a little bit. Cincinnati was kind of out of hand at, at a certain point, but they were at least for a portion of every game now in it. And, um, you know, they've, they've got a stretch coming up where it's like, you know, Miami's coming up, you know, you want to be competitive with Miami. You know, if you win these divisional games, that changes the entire outlook here. You know, obviously I don't think we expect anybody to catch Buffalo and Miami's off to a great start, but I think that, you know, having them you know you get new england twice coming up soon denver's looked a little weak so far as well too and it's it's one of those things it's like before the season you look at the schedule and you say fuck man a lot of good teams here but you also you you don't take into consideration some teams are going to have the worst injury luck in all of football the broncos just lose javante williams and demarcus lawrence for extended time so that's two one of their best players on offense one of their best players on defense just out now green bay they have looked up and down. I think the, um, you know, the New England game, I, I, I've actually started to have better expectations for the Patriots, as funny as that is. Like, I predicted them to be 6-11, and 11, and I, I'm kind of worried about them through the rest of the year now. Um, but, you know, I sit here and I look at it and I go, no, I still probably expect 6-7 to seven wins. I think getting the Pittsburgh one may, may push me up to a 7-10 and 10 finish here for the Jets. But they're a competitive football team, and these are the building blocks getting them from being a bottom feeder to hopeful, you know, playoff contender one day. Definitely. And I, I, I kind of want to focus on, um, you know, before we just really dive into Miami, I just want to kind of think about these next five weeks before the bye. So that brings us through week nine. Um, so we're sitting here now. We've played the whole AFC North two and two, got away with two wings. Now coming up, we have Miami. Green Bay, Denver, New England, Buffalo, you know, not, not the easiest stretch of, of teams, (laughs) especially, you know, thinking back to what the preseason expectations were for these teams. Um, Maybe it's not looked like that for a team like Denver, a team like Green Bay, even a team like New England, but those are all teams, you know, are only going to get better with the coaching and the players that they have. I doubt they'll get worse. Um, So, you know, it's going to be a test. These next five weeks are definitely going to be a test. And I think the fact that we were able to show, you know, the resilience and the fight. And, and, and I do think this defense that we have has a chance to be a really good defense in this league. If they cut down on the miscommunication errors, get better on third downs, things like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you see as best case scenario over these next five weeks? Um, Cause I do think worst case scenario is clearly zero and five. Um, there, there's a world where they can lose any, all of these games. Um, I think you hope they steal one, two. Um, what do you think best case scenario is? Is it three and two? Uh, I mean, absolute best case. Yeah. Three and two, I, I would say, and that would be to me, the wins would be you get, um, God, I, can you read them off to me again? I got I was so we have Miami, Green Bay, Denver, chart. Patriots, Buffalo. So this week we got yeah, Miami it would, with it would, a backup. The, the three and two would be Miami to me. It would be Denver to me. And it would be, um, it would be new England. Those new would be England. the three. Um, those would be the three that I say you could get away with. I, 
that's the optimist in me. I would say two and three probably is where I would go. Like I'd be, I'd be happy going two and three. Cause that means you beat one of your divisional teams. Maybe you beat both of them. And at the very worst, you took one of them down and maybe you caught Denver who's slipping a little bit here and doesn't look like I think everybody expected them to be. So I'd be happy going two and three in this stretch, the one in four, the Oh, and five, that's going to suck. I still think the season goals are attainable at that point, though, because after that, like we said, the, the end of that ski season, the end of that schedule is so much easier than what they've had to do so far this year. Um, actually, it's funny because now you take a look at some of those teams. You're like, man, Detroit's offense is kind of frisky. Uh, there are some teams in there where you're like, it's it's just so funny how we what we think of these teams at the beginning of the season, and how we look at things now. But regardless, um, you know, I, I think you can still get to where this team expects to be. And obviously they expect to be in the playoffs. Every team wants that. But I think the fan base, what they expect is to just be in the hunt, you know, see the playoff graphic to see in the hunt. And I think you can still get through this stretch and still kind of push toward that at the end of the season. But I would love to see two and three. It would be fucking amazing to see three and two. I would probably lean more on the one (laughs) <laughs> I, I I would lean more on the one in four side and 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 no, hope for sure for a second win and and I'm an optimist you know I'm I'm constantly yeah. picking them to win I'm constantly and and don't get me wrong I'm about to probably pick them to win all five of these games when we do our predictions yeah, I, I will but not be surprised I fully I fully would not be shocked at all with a one in four and I and I don't even think that's the end of the world if it's a you know we're in games we're putting up good fights we're not just kind of rolling over. I think there is a world where we can go one and four these next five games and it's not the end of the world. Um, for me, number one priority over these this five-week stretch is just win one of these games against the division, You know, whether it's Miami, yeah. New England, stealing one against Buffalo. We have to break down that wall. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the way just like getting that win uh, in Cleveland this season was just such such a breath of fresh air, like such a sigh of relief, like, oh, they can actually at least win a game, you know, early on. Um, so, so for me, that's just the number one hurdle I'm looking for. Um, but I do, you know, Miami, they got, we let, we'll get into it in a second here, but they got Teddy Bridgewater. You have green Bay who's, you know, lacking weapons on offense to some extent. Um, Denver who hasn't looked great. New England who is definitely beatable, I think. So for sure, how we look in these next five weeks will be very telling, and there's a world where we do better than expected. Um, but I just thought it was interesting because from where we would have put those five teams at the beginning of the year, it is definitely a little different now. Look, I mean, even Miami, I I can't remember where I was on Miami, but I wasn't fully bought in that they were going to be no. a great team. It does seem, you know, regardless of if they have great quarterback play, mediocre quarterback play, it seems like they have the ability to be, you know, a team that's hanging around in any game can beat anyone. They're pretty fucking good. I think um, green Bay, obviously with Rogers, Denver, I'm high on, even though they stink. So it'll be an interesting stretch, but hopefully these jets can, can really show like, Hey, we're in the mix now. We're at least a, a, a round average team and, and maybe we'll steal a couple wins. Yeah. Denver's just being doubted right now by a lot of people. Um, it would- <laughs> they are quite literally. And they're going to show it 
Well, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm so sick <laughs> of buying funny. into fucking What's funny Russell of me Wilson. saying that uh, Teddy and I had a heated debate. Teddy and I haven't like, we, you don't want to, you, you don't want to say this. Like everyone will agree with no, me. No, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to bring up the football. argument. We're not gonna, <laughs> but at that point, everybody's fucking doubted. Everybody's been doubted their entire fucking careers. It's the dumbest thing. Teddy and I it's do our best point, at though. not actually fighting with each other. And no, we I think got we should fight more. Heated. We got <laughs> heated. Oh, I, through a text conversation about about Russell Wilson being doubted his entire life and and where we stand on that, but I don't want to get back into that. I just wanted to make my subtle little jab, and I was hoping you were just not gonna. Here's yeah, an go idea. Ahead. Yeah, we do a weekly podcast, but it's only about Russell Wilson. Oh God, I'd want to <laughs> shoot myself. We get talk about the, the subway commercials. We'll talk about the oh weird things he does. I don't know. Let's move on. Nope. Pass. Yeah, let's move on. You were talking about the Miami Dolphins, Teddy. Um, if there was oh, yeah, a time, was. if there was a time to catch the Miami Dolphins, it is this fucking week. That's a and, fact. And and that is fact. not me. That is not me saying that Tua Tonga Vailoa is this world beater of a quarterback. I think he is still just a guy that if you put a lot around him, he's gonna do all right. So I don't want to say that the drop-off is going to be that massive at Teddy Bridgewater, but when you take a look at the, the injury report, I mean, they're fucking banged up. You know, heading into last Thursday, you know, Jalen Waddle was questionable. Their left tackle, Teron Armstead, big acquisition of the offseason was questionable. Xavier Howard, their top cornerback, was questionable. All three of them appeared. Um, so, it, you know, it seems like they're kind of in a situation too, where we're resting guys early in the week, but all those guys did not practice today. We know for sure that Tua is not going to be in there, but I mean, the, the, the injury report, it's, you know, Teron Armstead, it's a couple of DBs. It's their starting right guard, Robert Jones. It's Jalen Waddle, Jerome Baker. Eh, that's a vet rest one. So I can't put that there on there either, but there's a lot on the injury report now. And they're mm -hmm. coming off a loss where, you know, you saw them kind of get stalled for the first time all year offensively. You know, they didn't have the best showing against Buffalo, but the two weeks before, you know, they, you were like, man, they, they do have something here. Um, and, and that receiving duo with Waddle and Tyreek Hill is filthy. Um, and now we have to see what they'll look like with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. When you look at the Dolphins and, you know, now we've gotten a few games to at least we're not watching the Dolphins intently, but we've seen them. How do you kind of view them as a team and, and you know, worry, I guess, heading into this game? Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins overall, especially like with Tua, I mean, you, you have to give them credit for what they've been able to do um, through the first month of the season. And, you know, beating a team like the Bills, who's, you know, potentially the best best team in the NFL, they scare me a little bit for sure. And, and where I struggle – all these other injuries for sure will help. And I think that's, what's going to really push me to, to, you know, pick the jets again and really believe we can win this game. Cause for sure, I think the jets will have the ability to, to be in this game. Um, what scares me is we kind of talked about it. I, I don't remember if it was after week one or after week two, but we watched this. It was probably after week one where the dolphins did look okay, you know, scored a lot, but you kind of said like to a stunk, like he didn't even play that, that well. Teddy Bridgewater is kind of that guy. Like he's not going to be the worst player in the world or the best player in the world, but he's also not going to be the worst. So yeah, do, sure. They're going to take a step back. I don't want, I, I don't want to like completely take everything away from Tua because he, you know, he has been the guy he's been doing what he's got to do, but you do kind of think like, 
is Teddy that much of a downgrade where it's really going to be all that different because really what they're doing is getting the ball into their hands of their playmakers. Um, I think where the big difference is going to be is at least based on what I know of Teddy, you know, maybe, maybe this Dolphins offense with Mike McDaniel has, has helped him, but I don't really see him as a guy who's going to be taking a ton of deep shots. Um, and I think that one of the reasons the Dolphins have been able to be so successful is to, uh, you know, kind of with that Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, guidance that he got over his career, he's kind of not been scared to just say, Hey, I'm going to throw it up to these guys. And even if it's not a perfect throw, he's a lot of his bombs have been underthrown. Um, you know, they've been able to complete some passes just because Jalen Waddle and Tyreek are so good um, at, at catching the ball down the field. So it'll definitely still be a big test for our corners. I'd love to see him just come out and ball be right on these guys. But, you know, you're you're talking, especially if Waddle plays, you're talking about two of the fastest receivers um, in the league. So their offense definitely does scare me a little bit. Um, but I do I think it's an interesting matchup because I do think, you know, you said it, our defense is fast. That's what they are. Um, and it, that's what this uh, Dolphins offense is, is very fast. And that's also what this Dolphins defense is like. They're kind of similar type defenses um, from that perspective. So. I don't know. I think the Jets for sure have a chance, but the Dolphins scare me. Yeah, I, I said it before the season. I, I said Tyreek and Jalen Waddle were going to be the toughest wide receiver duo to defend in football. There's just there's there's not enough speed on a defense in the secondary to keep up with those guys at the same time. You know, it's funny. We're, we're getting we're getting kind of like the we're going to see the San Francisco offense against the San Francisco defense. It's just, this is a coaching clash now that we've got these two guys in the division. That's, that's not a storyline that I think it's talked about, but both of those guys coordinators for the same team uh, going back to the days in the 49ers. Although I don't know if at the time McDaniel was the OC, maybe he was, how long is he there? He he might've been. They were, they were together. uh, They're they're on the staff together. He was always with Shanahan. uh, So they spent time there. It's basically like the same offenses um, I'm yeah. not sure how, how the Dolphins run their defense, but it's the same idea on offense. And then, you know, Robert Sala coming in with the, the 49er-esque defense. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a, an interesting matchup. And, and you hear the way they speak about each other. You know, they're, they're friends and they, they have nothing but respect for each other. So, yeah, hopefully, if Robert Sala can keep his job and continue to keep these Jets on the upward trajectory, this will be something that we uh, – it, it'll be an interesting kind of coaching battle. Of- hopefully that we'll get to see over the next five, 10 years. And it's hilarious too, because part of the same organization coming from the same tree, they couldn't be more different in terms of, I guess, the way they carry themselves. Pure personality. Mike McDaniel is just, he's, he's the nerd of football right now. Like he's everybody's favorite. He's like Sheldon from uh, whatever that fucking show is. And meanwhile, you've got Robert Sala, who's like the biggest hoorah-rah guy out there. So it's it's kind of funny to see these two. Big Bang Theory there. I got it. Dude, I didn't even want to say it. I was like, my brain is that mush job. these days. Uh, base defense is different. That uh, Miami goes out of a 3-4 there. Right. Speaking of their defense, it's kind of funny. I thought them losing uh, God Brian Flores this past year. I was like, oh, I wonder if their defense is going to take a drop off. Their defense has looked pretty strong, and it comes down to the Jimmys and the Joes. Like they've got good players there, and they've drafted extremely well too. Um, you know, they've got. Although is he banged up right now? I don't see Jalen Phillips here. Nope, he's there. Okay, so they've got good players. They've drafted well. Jalen Phillips is a really guy, a good edge rusher, first round pick out of Miami. 
a guy that you were worried about coming out of the draft because he had had like four or five concussions, but so far has stayed healthy. So he looks good. Melvin Ingram is a little banged up as well too, but they've got Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. Um, in the back end, you know, you've got Xavier Howard. You've got, um, you're going to be missing Byron Jones, who's out with an injury, but um, you've got Javon Holland, safety out of Oregon, who is a playmaker. That dude is filthy, um, young guy as well too. So it's a, it's a young defense. It's an athletic defense. Um, and then offensively to look at them as a team too, you know, outside of the receivers, I don't love everything else. The run game really has not been established all that well, which is kind of interesting because if there was one thing I thought that would get carried over from San Francisco with Mike McDaniel was a little bit of that run game. And it's, you know, they've got good players. They've got Mostert, they got Chase Edmonds, um, but the offensive line isn't all that fantastic. So I think that might be something that's holding them back a little bit. And correct me if I'm wrong. I've, I know the the Ravens game for sure, but I think even week one, they kind of got down to they they were behind, maybe not in week one, but week yeah. two for sure. So that could affect some of the, the production as well. Um, when you got Jalen Waddle and, and Tyree Kill, why are you going to run? Right. The ball, it's I like, guess? it's like, why, why run? <laughs> why run if we've got those two that can be our own running backs? Um, you know, so it's interesting. It's, it's one of those games, Teddy. And I know that the lines right now, lines can kind of scare you a little bit when you take a look at what Vegas has. If you, do you, have you looked at what the spread is for this? Let's, what would, what would you guess that it is? Um, where's the game? New York. Oh, is it minus three and a half? Uh, minus three right now. I think I did hear that. Um, which I don't know. It's interesting. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's coming in. Maybe they think it's a little closer game than, than others would expect. Um, I, I just want to talk a little bit about the, uh, their defense and that's what, kind of just like an unknown that I'm scared of you know I kind of talked about being scared of their uh their offense a little bit but on the defensive end they are definitely a team that like blitzes a lot and does a lot of creative things where Mm -hmm. where unlike the Jets who are you know dropping seven guys and rushing with four um and just hoping to get there they're gonna go ahead and you know drop four guys or drop three guys and rush eight or rush seven rush six um and what I were, I just, I, I'm interested to see kind of how Zach and this offensive line respond. Um, I think again, it'll be a great game for Zach to kind of show, you know, is he going to elevate and, and make some stuff happen or is it kind of going to really get to him? Cause there is a world where he's just constantly under pressure all day, all day, all day. And yeah. we just can't really get anything going. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see like, how well does the offensive line hold up against that? And how is this Jets offense able to capitalize? You know, are we able to get a few balls out to our playmakers um, when they're sending a big blitz? And that gives you the opportunity for those explosive plays. Um, it'll just be interesting to see. I think despite all the injuries, because it's Wednesday, I'm just kind of leaning on, I don't know the full extent of all these Dolphins injuries, but I'm leaning on like most of these guys will play. I guess, especially because it's what we saw last week. It was the same thing. Right. Especially like Jalen Waddle, like I wouldn't expect him to be out. Um, So to me, you know, especially if the Dolphins come out here at almost full strength, even with Teddy, if the Jets can win this game, you know, it's just another like, like, wow, they really showed something because it's an offense that's shown they can score. They have great players and it's a defense who 
you know, sure, they've let up a lot of points, but they're a pretty aggressive, good defense, um, you know, held the Bills to whatever they held them, 21, 20 points. So this will definitely be a challenge. But again, it's just another kind of opportunity for us to really learn who this Jets team is. Definitely. And if there's a there's a few position groups, obviously, you want to see the continuation from the front four. You want to see the edge rushers getting on there. And if this offensive line, especially on the right side, is as bad as it's looked so far, you know, getting a guy like Jermaine Johnson out there and starting to look, you know, continue his play there too. Can Quinn and continue to disrupt that interior? Cause I don't think it's necessarily that much of a strength for them. That's something huge to look out for. We've talked about the speed on speed matchup, these safeties for the jets. I know we're excited what we saw out of them in Pittsburgh. They need to come prepared because it's, it's not, it doesn't need to be that, you know, DJ Reed and sauce Gardner need to do everything on their own. And, and we saw a prolific pass attack, you know, DJ and sauce played well against Cincinnati. They still, that passing attack still got torched at the end of the day. I love when you just like say exactly what I'm, what I was just thinking, like I was about to bring up, like (laughs) the Cincinnati game is the perfect kind of uh, proof of concept because DJ Reed and sauce Gardner had amazing games and you still had Tyler Boyd over hundred yards, T Higgins over hundred yards. And Jamar Chase ended up with a touchdown and six catches or whatever. You know, I think he only had 40 yards. But Mm -hmm. so, like, it was like overall the corners played really well. And even against, you know, those one-on-one matchups, they played pretty well. But they were still able to kind of really have a prolific passing day because of what they were able to attack inside. Um, And I'm definitely, you know, the Steelers offense does not – is not built on speed. You know, like Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, Um, you know, Pickens may be pretty fast, but just not. So overall, they're just not like speedsters. And so, sure, the safeties came out and had their best game. What I worry about, especially is, you know, we're just kind of seeing these paths in the middle of the field where it seems like these guys are wide open because they're just faster than the middle of our defense. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you hope that we can have some type of like game plan that Salah prepares these guys for um, and, and hopefully the safeties can continue their good play. But, but yeah, the, the bringing up the importance of the safeties in this game is a huge because that's where the, that's where they're going to attack the the defense. You know, that's where we've shown that, that we're the most vulnerable despite what happened last week. So I think, yeah. especially with a guy like Mike McDaniels, they're going to come in and know to attack that. Yeah, smart coaches take a look at what's worked against these units. And now that you have a few games here where you've seen that, you're like, okay, so this is how Cincinnati exposed them. That's exactly what we're going to do there. And right. and Mike McDaniel is one of those guys where he's just a, a genius when it comes to play calling. So I'm sure he's going to be dialed up for this one. And you just hope that the safeties come prepared. And on the flip side, that the offense can keep pace with that. Because if this does get out of hand, you're going to need your offense to step up. And they stepped up in the fourth quarter. Uh, Like you said earlier against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were able to get drives going, get the ball moving, key third down conversions, fourth down conversions. You're going to need that out of your offense if the defense isn't doing, I guess, the best job containing that speed attack. So, you know, like you said, developing that connection further with Garrett Wilson is going to help out being able to spread out, um, you know, Miami, you know, going with the three, four. You know, like you said, they are going to be aggressive. So I think there are a few ways where you can really dial up some deeper passing plays to Elijah Moore. So maybe we get to see a little bit of a, you know, coming out party. I know he was better in his, you know, with Zach Wilson coming back last week, but maybe he really takes it over the top there, um, catching, you know, kind of countering 
um, you know, Miami's uh, aggressiveness and using it against them. So, you know, any other key matchups with this one or thoughts on this game here? Are you ready to, to dial up your predictions? No, I, I think I'm ready to get into the predictions. It's just, I, I'm excited for this game and this matchup. It's, I, it's I really do think like, I, I don't know. I just, the Dolphins uh, Jets like rivalry, like hasn't been a real big thing the past, however many years, just because they haven't I didn't know been about the best it. teams. Yeah. This is one of the biggest rivalries in the league. Looking back historically, you know, like if, if you Google, biggest NFL rivalries it's going to be up there there on those lists um and you know there's a lot of history between the two teams obviously so kind of feeling this uh like new era of the Jets you have the new era of the Dolphins with Mike McDaniels and and these young guys they brought in and if it is to uh um you know it's just it's it's going to be a really exciting game and and especially if the Jets make it a game um if they come out of this game and lose by three points in like a, a 27, 24 win or some or loss or something like that, I really do think they're going to, you know, we're still going to be able to take a lot of positives away because this is a pretty talented team. Do you want Roll me to your my pre- prediction first? Yeah, go out with your prediction because you just set a score and it's funny. I, uh, two seconds before I was like, well, I'm thinking my final score prediction. Um, and, and well, that's funny because that's also what I was just thinking. That's why that came out 27, 24, New York jets. That's where I'm going. I think that, you know, the dolphins are still going to be able to score a bit, but you know, with Teddy coming in um, the cornerbacks that we have, hopefully we'll be able to, to get some stops. And I think the jets are going to be able to put together some big plays 27, 24 jets leave this game with a winning record. I was going to do the exact same thing. I was gonna, gonna do, I was gonna Jets? do it. I was gonna do a Jets. I, the line is fucking freaking me out, man. I don't, I don't love. I would have said Miami even despite this. I just would have. I'm gonna take the Jets to win. I'm gonna do a different score now. Let me think of it, a more fun score. I still, I have the over in this already, so I want to go high scoring. Oh, I don't see the Jets getting into 30 points though. So let's 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 say, and we can still get the over here. I'm gonna go. 27-21 Jets victory. Like the line it. scares me. I sometimes I just talk myself out of it uh, out of a game. Is I was going to pick the Dolphins this entire week. Um and I, uh, no, I'm not even going to say it's it. It's an interesting line, but I, it's just like kind of a weird one when you're like, okay, this is a team that's overperformed. This is a team that's uh without their starting quarterback. It's I don't know. And then you get the three points for being at home. That's sometimes like a six point swing. Cause if it was right. the other way around, exactly. it's, it's very odd um, the way they do that. But, but fuck yeah, dude, you're picking the jets again. Uh, did you pick the jets last week or no? No, I was wrong for the first time no. all year. So now I'm, I'm three and Man. one on these. All right. Well, that's cool. I'm two and two. <laughs> same as the jets. Yeah. I go yeah. Which, wins will, every week. which will be the same thing. <laughs> yep. Yep. But but fuck yeah, dude. Let's let's. This is a winnable game, and 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 you know, it is. It's an opportunity. Backup quarterback. The Jets should come out and fucking have a bunch of sacks. I'm really hoping that it just the Dolphins' offense just kind of really takes a step back with Teddy, and it's just kind of these dinks and dunks as opposed to passing down the field. I'm really intrigued to see how our corners hold up against these guys. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for. 
I don't know. We played some good receivers this year, and 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 when they when they throw it to to them with our corners on them, it seems like they're there, even when they do sometimes get beat. Um, so I'm just waiting, you know, for that big deep bomb to Tyreek Hill, and I'm imagining Sauce like a yard or two behind, and does he get in phase and get his hand up in the in the um, hands of Tyreek Hill, or does he get beat, or you know, that's kind of what I'm envisioning here. So I'm excited. A lot of matchups. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how. Zach Wilson and this line respond to the D to the D line of the dolphins said to see how our, our defense holds up. Um, so it'll be a fun one. Worst case scenario. Yeah, go ahead. This is, I'm hoping this is like a 35 30 game. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not gonna, I took the over on Monday and it's already up two points from where it is now. It was at 44 and a half right now. It's 46 start. It opened at 44. Um, worst case scenario though, uh, Teddy is an upgrade over Tua. Could you imagine? <laughs> that would be fun. Imagine that world that would be where funny. it's kind of it's kind of like the Steelers have been like clamoring for Pickett because they know he's better than Trit Mitch, but they're all just like, hey, we're getting Teddy out here. Maybe we're gonna we're gonna shock some people. Yeah, I, especially with Zach back. I mean, if if we can see this offense really start to click, and I mean, you would think the Steelers have a better defense than the Dolphins just based on the first four weeks. Um, I don't know. I mean, if we could just see this offense start to roll and, and get things going, that would be fucking awesome. God. It would be three this and two. Can you imagine that? Year. Can you imagine this has three been and such two? a great year already? Such a great year already. man. <laughs> two and two. And it's already a great season. Three weeks with the backup quarterback, four tackles out. Great season. That's that's how much suffering you guys have fucking gone through. No, for real. But it's ah, it's damn. like when's last time we won a September game? When's the last time we were able to put, I mean, last year, obviously, but before this regime, when's the last time we were able to put in a backup quarterback and not know that the game was over before it started? You know, yeah. when was the last time our offensive line's playing terrible, but somehow we're still able to kind of move the ball and get wins? Like, like there's so many things that we talked about all offseason where this things have changed, you know, whether the Jets grow and become a Super Bowl contender or whether they hover around this average to below average realm it's an improvement from where the fuck we were two years ago three years ago with adam gase so things are looking up in my mind i think that was your best rant since we started to or your best tangent since we started doing that show love it love it awesome well thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of chasing 69 uh you can follow us on twitter at nyj underscore chasing 69 same as the youtube teddy is at teddy huncho i am at blake andrew pace and sports illustrated as well too teddy safe travels to washington he is going to be spending the weekend out hanging um and and you'll still get to watch Geno smith in seattle oh yeah that's right you're you're, you're um, watching at 10 a.m Oh, that's right. God, that, that's going to be fun, though. You just roll out of yeah, bed and there's going to be, be football fun. on. That's perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Well, enjoy that. Uh, all everybody enjoy the game against the Miami Dolphins. Wouldn't that be something to come out three and two and, and to push the Dolphins down to three and two also? And, and hey, maybe Buffalo slips up. I don't know who they've got this week, but, um, you know, they slip up and then, hey, you're tied to the division. They got the Steelers. They're going to be fine. They're 14 point favorites. Uh, <laughs> but. That would be a great way to, to kick off this, this I guess, second stretch of the season here with a victory over the Dolphins and, and pushing a winning record. So that would be fantastic. Um, but thank you guys all for listening. Enjoy this week. We'll talk to you next week. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm rambling. So I'll talk to you later. Peace.